Hello and welcome to Sermons from First Press, a weekly podcast from the First Presbyterian Church of Ann Arbor, Michigan. Let us pray. O Lord, our God, we bless and thank you for your holy word. Throughout scripture, the stories of old tell of your constant faithfulness and fulfillment of promises. May we not only hear these words, but learn from them so that we may know with confidence you are ever present with us. You will never leave us, for you have called us to be yours and promise us life eternal with you. Thank you for your constant love. Amen. The scripture reading this morning is from Genesis 18, verses 1 through 15. A son promised to Abraham and Sarah. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre, and as he sat at the entrance to the Adhead's tent in the heat of the day, he looked up and saw three men standing there. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, my Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourself under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves and after that you may pass on since you have come to your servant. So they said, do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it and make cakes. Abraham went to the herd, took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curd and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, where is your wife, Sarah? And he said, they're in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season and your wife, Sarah, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now Sarah and Abraham were old, advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself saying, after I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time, I will return to you in due season and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied saying, I did not laugh for she was afraid. He said, oh yes, you did laugh. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Listen for what God might be speaking to you. While Jesus and his disciples were traveling, Jesus entered a village where a woman named Martha welcomed him as a guest. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his message. By contrast, Martha was preoccupied with getting everything ready for their meal. So Martha came to Jesus and she said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to prepare table all by myself? Tell her to help me. The Lord answered, 
Martha, Martha, you are so worried and distracted by many things. One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the better part. It won't be taken away from her. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The man said to Sarah, yes. Yes, you did laugh. Jesus answered, Martha, Martha, you are distracted and worried about many things. And Mary? Mary watches all of this unfold as she sits at Jesus' feet. Not unlike an obedient Jewish wife according to laws and customs of the time. There are tensions that exist in these stories. Maybe you feel them as they come to their abrupt endings. There's palpable tension. There's no resolution really at these endings. Instead, we are left standing on the edge of a cliff wondering what would happen next. It's not like a dramatic cliffhanger such as one we might see in Grey's Anatomy or a Game of Thrones season finale. No one dies, there isn't mass chaos, there's no divine intervention or miracles that happen yet. However, the feeling of discomfort with these final words can leave us speechless. I find myself wondering What would have happened next? What did Sarah do? How did Martha react? Will Mary ever actually get to speak for herself? These are not the flashiest stories of scripture. There are no battle scenes, no death, or resurrection for that matter. Rather, these stories feel like everyday kind of moments. Perhaps that's what makes them so uncomfortable. Perhaps these moments feel too close for comfort. Perhaps they feel just a little too real. As I was preparing for this week, I was taking a break from reading and I found myself scrolling through Facebook, just like any other ordinary day. And I discovered some exciting news. Friends, my cousin is going to be preaching at his church tonight. It's his first time preaching. And this is exciting because faith and ministry are things that my cousins and I have in common. All of us were active in our own youth groups, and we all went on mission trips and shared our experiences with each other. We love God and we love the church. And I love that we share this together. As I was getting ready to click the like button and was eagerly wondering how I might be able to listen to him tonight, I read the caption that was above. It read, God is raising up some godly young men in our church to be the next generation of preachers. 
my heart squeezed. I remembered that my cousin's church doesn't believe that women should preach the gospel or even be pastors. As I am celebrating my cousin and his call to preach, I am also grieving that in his denomination's eyes, we won't be equal colleagues in ministry. Perhaps these moments feel too close for comfort. Perhaps they feel just a little too real. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel according to Luke. And in this part of the narrative, we are introduced to sisters, Mary and Martha, who welcome Jesus into their home. One scholar that I read this week shares that it's important for us to read the story in context of Jesus' larger narrative. So it's important for us to remember that this story comes directly after Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan. Where after Jesus finishes telling the story, he tells this man who asks him these questions to go and do likewise. And then before that, Jesus sends out the 72 disciples into the world. And Jesus, as he sends them out, tells them to pack light and to rely on the hospitality of those who they meet. So from there, we roll through the Good Samaritan, and then all of a sudden, we land in Mary and Martha's home. What's interesting is that earlier in these two stories that come before, it's all about going and doing, and there is this stream of consciousness that connects to each other about service and loving God. And then Jesus is here at Mary and Martha's, and he flips this on its head. When Mary asks for help, when Mary tells Jesus to have her sister help her in service, Jesus says, Mary's exactly where she needs to be. It's confusing. It doesn't follow the pattern we've just been reading. Some scholars say that it can be contradictory to what Jesus has been teaching all along. So another scholar offers that perhaps we should look at this story in a different way. Perhaps we should think of these stories as being complementary. Instead of putting Mary and Martha, the Good Samaritan, and the story in the home at odds, perhaps it's not an either-or. Perhaps it's a both-and. Last summer, the high school youth group went on a mission trip to Baltimore, Maryland. 
one of the first things we did when we arrived was play an improv game. It's called Let's Plan a Party. This game, or really it's more of an exercise, is meant to make the group work together to plan an imaginary party. Each group sits in a circle and they start throwing out ideas. However, there are different rules for different rounds. The first round, the rule was, after the first idea was shared, each and every person after that had to respond with the word, but, before sharing their idea. For instance, say someone said, I think we should have hot cocoa at the party. The next person would say, but it's summer and we're in the middle of a heat wave. <sighs> Needless to say, the party planning didn't get very far in round one. However, in round two, after the first idea was shared, each person had to respond with yes and yes, hot cocoa would be great at the party and we should have snow cones too. It was amazing to see the difference in these parties. By simply changing two words, we were able to be much more productive and supportive of each other. We heard each other better. And I gotta say, we planned some pretty amazing imaginary parties. It got me wondering what would it be like if we lived in a world or lived in a way of yes and. In a world where we often find ourselves so polarized on one end or the other, what if the stories like those of these women can teach us to lean into those uncomfortable middle faces and tension, especially in those ordinary everyday moments, and help us find the courage to say yes and instead of but. These stories help us recognize the truth messiness and pain and beauty of each story and each person. What if we were able to say, yes, you can laugh and, and be fearful and still have deep faith? Yes, you should serve and you should listen. Yes, you can be happy for someone's call in ministry while simultaneously feeling the grief and brokenness of our world. By no means in moving into this middle place is this a prescription to fix the deep chasms and divide that we see in our world. But perhaps if we allow ourselves to hold each other's stories and our own with care and depth, perhaps we can glimpse of what could be and what is to come. This reminds me of a TED Talk I watched several years back by Nigerian author Chimamanda, in, I'm going to say it wrong, Ngozi Adichie. It's called The Danger of a Single Story. In this TED Talk, she says, 
stories matter. Many stories matter. Stories have been used to dispossess and to malign, but stories can also be used to empower and to humanize. Stories can break the dignity of people, but stories can repair broken dignity. When we reject a single story, the single story, when we realize that there is never only a single story, we regain a kind of paradise. I like to think that perhaps in their own ways, these ordinary, everyday kind of moments that seem too close for comfort, that invite us into the tension, can also help us imagine new possibilities. And perhaps the stories like those of Sarah, Mary, and Martha are leading us this way. And that's good news for us. Thanks be to God. You are holy, O God of majesty, and blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. In Jesus, born of Mary, your word became flesh and dwelt among us. Full of grace and truth, he lived as one of us, knowing joy and sorrow. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, opened blind eyes, broke bread with outcasts and sinners, and proclaimed the good news of your kingdom to the poor and the vulnerable. Dying on the cross, he gave himself for the life of the world. Rising from the grave, he won for us victory over death. Seated at your right hand, he leads us to eternal life. We praise you. We praise you that Christ now reigns with you in glory and will come again to make all things new. Remembering your gracious acts in Jesus Christ, we take from your creation this bread and this wine and joyfully celebrate his dying and rising as we await the day of his coming. With thanksgiving, we offer our very selves to you to be a living and holy sacrifice dedicated to your service, Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. By your spirit, make us one with Christ that we may be one with all who share this feast, united in ministry in every place. As this bread is Christ's body for us, Send us out to be the body of Christ in the world. And as we do so, let us remember those in our world with prayer. We pray for the safety of the youth in all of our Presbyterian churches, including our own, who, are, who have just arrived back from the Presbyterian Youth Triennium. We pray that you would seal the memories, friendships, and spiritual growth from this week onto their hearts. We pray for our larger Presbyterian church and its mission in our country and world. We pray for extreme weather across our country and for the heat waves, tornadoes, and thunderstorms. We ask for protection for everyone who has been experiencing these threats, especially those who are at risk and those who are traveling. We pray for wisdom and your guidance for our nation's leaders. We pray for those most vulnerable to the impact of our leaders' decisions. 
We pray for the welfare of the world, for countries entrenched in violence and chaos. Please help our leaders to govern with fairness and to all work together. We pray for the repercussions and destructions in Ann Arbor from all our recent storms. We pray that everyone's power will be restored soon. We pray for all the power lines that are down and the fires that came from this. We pray for the remainder of Art Fair and that our church's fundraiser will support the youth. We pray for this time of transition for our staff and our residents. We pray for all those who are coming and going in the church and in our community. We pray for those who are hurting in body, mind, and spirit, and those who are suffering. We pray for upcoming sur surgeries and for those recovering from procedures, for those with terminal or chronic illness. Give them strength and remind them that you are walking with each of us every step of the way. We pray for those who have lost loved ones. We pray that you would find that you would comfort them in their grief, help them to find the support that they need when they're not sure they can go on. We pray for all of this and everything else that is on our hearts this morning. And we pray with the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Thanks for worshiping with us. For more information, visit us on the web at www.firstpresbyterian.org or send an email to info at firstpresbyterian.org. See you next week for another sermon from First Press.